Hello, everybody. This is Paul Costa with We Love Arabian Horses. And today I've got Michael Damianos on the phone with us to talk about trails. Hello, Michael. Hello, Paul. Hope you're doing well and, and having a happy new year so far. I am doing great. And so far, it's a great year. First two days are, are terrific. How are you doing? <laughs> awesome. My first two days are going good. So, you know, that's all good news. Hey, listen, let's, we got some questions we want to ask you about trail horses, and trail is a very popular division and growing in popularity, and you're kind of like the trail expert that we would love to get a little more information. So let me jump into the questions right away. So the first question I want to ask you is, what qualities do you look for when you're looking for a trail horse prospect? Well, I would say, first of all, you know, I, I want a horse with a nice disposition. They don't, they don't have to be a deadhead. They, you know, I would prefer a horse not be, you know, lethargic or overly compliant. You know, uh, I don't want them to be like a trained dog, but uh, they, they can look at things a little bit. But I just don't want a horse that's excessively skittish or spooky. I would say that's the first thing because if they have if they're a little attentive they're going to have better expression when they get trained. Yeah. Trail. Uh, the next thing is is I like a good loper. If a horse is a good loper, it's going to make it easier for him to to do the modern day trail course well. I I just think that uh, we have so many gymnastic style obstacles that trail horses do that they have to you know lengthen and and shorten like so quickly that horses that are naturally gated particularly at the lope yeah seem to learn faster would you say there's a difference in the type of animal you're looking for for an open trail horse versus an amateur trail horse or it's about all the same you know i i think it's the same um with with age, that trail horse becomes a better amateur horse because uh, these horses, as they mature, they, they learn by repetition. Yep. And just like professional athletes, this repetition uh, develops a muscle memory for that horse. And it's that, that muscle memory that will later make them a great amateur horse because uh, – the horse can rely on his own sting, instincts at that time than completely on an amateur's judgment. Right. So they're just more reliable. The, the older they get the age, it's kind of like a fine wine. It just gets better and better over time. Yes, that's right. And, I, I mean, I've ridden national champions and reserve national champion horses that were in their 20s. Yeah. Well, and trail is such a, 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 a refined discipline these days and it's gotten more and more refined and 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 very um you know specific with the maneuvers that are required at the national level especially but even as you're growing up through the local and regional level onward it just it, it's not like um a day it's something for everyday cowboy you know what i mean I, I do but i i think that's that's all western disciplines you know when we we take the horse out of the off the ranch or out of nature and put them in the show ring we we raise the bar 
We're all, we're 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 taking it to a new level because it's a competition instead of just a daily chore. Yep. So I I, I think that that's how how it evolves. I mean, trail has had a a tremendous evolution in the last fifteen years. Well, it has, and that's a good point about all the Western disciplines have as well. It's really I hadn't thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. So just in general, and kind of a short answer is question is how are trail horses judged like what are the key components of a trail horse judging well the judge will look at the course and let's just say there are eight obstacles then he will break down a score sheet and and give a score for each of the eight obstacles and that will range from uh, a score of plus three for excellent to minus three for extremely poor in one-point increments. Zero means it was a correct obstacle, but not, you know. And uh, the judge, I prefer to give one-point increments, but the judge can even go in half-point increments up between the three to minus three score range. Right. If, okay, if he thinks that the it was just correct, he gives it a zero. If he thinks it was good, he gives it a plus one. If he thinks it was very good, a plus two, and if it was excellent, a plus three. On the the other end, if he thinks it was poor, he gives it a minus one. If he thinks it was very poor, a minus two. And if he thinks it was extremely poor, a minus three. Uh, That is a uh, measurement by the judge that is a little more subjective. It's, It's based on knowledge, experience, and appreciation of the horse yeah in addition to those obstacle scores there are set penalties now they're concrete the judge only decides if it happened or didn't happen and uh, on a particular obstacle a horse can get a score plus a penalty assessment for example if there's four walkovers and the horse double strides one slot in the walkover uh, strides then uh, the judge would, would give it a obstacle score plus a penalty one for the double stride in, in one of the slots. Gotcha. So it's a it's an obstacle score and then a penalty score if there is a penalty invoked. And those are those are the black and white numbers. Like you said, the judge just decides uh-huh. if it happened or it didn't, and the amount of exposure in terms of the penalty is a set number. Correct. Okay. So you have worked with many amateurs over your career. Um, what do you think the biggest challengers amateurs encounter in showing trail? Well, I think that the first thing that is hard to get an amateur to do is to learn to slow down. I, and I, this happens in raining. This happens in uh, ranch riding. This happens in horsemanship as well. You just think time is going by much faster when you're in the arena than what it actually is. And right. and and people new to it like to rush because they think they've just got to keep going and they, they never learn to wait, okay? That, that's one thing, and that just takes experience, all right? Because with experience comes confidence. The, the other thing is that is, is so challenging is learning the course. Uh, 
exhibitors in the amateur division are always so worried about going off course. And they sacrifice technique uh, sometimes because their brain overrides what they should do to remember where they should go. I'd say those are the biggest obstacles for amateurs. Uh, what I, I like to do is I like to get several copies of the course. And most show secretaries are really good about this. And then we take highlighters. And we use one color highlighter for walk, one color highlighter for trot, and one color highlighter for lope. And we color code it. And I, I find when the amateurs and the professionals, including myself, I still do this to this day, walk the course and they have a color-coded copy with them, they get much more comfortable with the course. Well, I just did a judging seminar with you leading a trail course seminar, and you went over this color coding, and I haven't competed in trail for many years, but I found it to be very, very helpful to see the color coding. Like my mind could immediately remember, oh, this is my blue section or this is my red section. And it was very helpful. Yeah, I, I think it, it is. I, I mean, this is a visual endeavor, whether you're judging the horse or you're looking where you're going with the horse, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the color coding just, it just, it, 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 it helps your memory through your vision. It's just, it's been a great tool, and I wasn't the first one to do it, but um, it, it's, it's been a wonderful technique. Well, I think we're visual, um, human beings are visual, and that memory in your mind sticks a little bit deeper if it's got a color attached to it. I, I like that um, point. If, if, if you're an amateur and you, you, you miss an obstacle or you have a penalty, how do you coach your amateurs to kind of maintain their composure and just get their mind back together and, you know, keep moving along without letting it upset them? You know, I, I tell them all the time, when something goes wrong, just keep riding and forget about it. Because if, if you lament in your mind about this, you will just mess up more stuff. Yeah. Uh, th that's another thing that's really hard. I, I tell them, go the first obstacle, forget about it. Think about where you're going and how you want to ride the next obstacle, and the third, and the fourth, so on down the, the line. Um, but... Um, that's a, that's a hard thing to get over, and I think that's in any competition. I think that's professional athletes, college athletes, or show exhibitors. Well, I know in, in, even in Western pleasure or English pleasure, you come in the gate and you, you stumble or you make a big mess right at the beginning, and the gate isn't even closed, but it can really mess up an amateur for the entire class. It's kind of the same analogy. Yes, I agree. So – can horses do other events and still be successful in trail, or do they need to be really focused on trail only? You know, I think that's the beauty of trail for both the horse and for the the rider, is that very few times in my life did I buy a horse for a client because it was a trail horse. Yep. Um, if, I, if I could just go down memory lane a minute, uh, you know, Wyatt Earp and Magnum Shogun each one, were two horses for me that won a lot of national championships. They were both Western pleasure horses that I taught to do 
uh, trail, and they had very good Western pleasure careers at the same time. Uh, T.R. Uh, Desperate for a Chick, who was another horse that, you know, won four national championships. You know, I also had a lot of top tens and regional championships in reigning with him and working cow horse. Uh, I think the trail just gives them something different. I think particularly the Rainers, it gives them something that they don't have to go fast and still go in the ring. I think for the pleasure horses, it's something they get to do and not have to be in a regular gait constantly the whole time. Uh, all those horses I just just mentioned, it made them happier horses in the uh, to be an all-around horse like that doing trail. Well, I had a, this is a few, a while back, a few years back, but I had a Western Pleasure horse that we started showing him in trail, and I, I, I promise you he got, he became a better Western Pleasure horse by having something else to do that was different than Western Pleasure all the time. It was very amazing, his mentality. Um, you know, I, I have a barn full of stories like that. Yeah. Well, Mike, you have been showing Arabians for many years. Just give us a little background on yourself and how you got started with Arabians and kind of where your passion for for, for Arabians comes from. Well, you know, I grew up in a quarter horse background uh, primarily and rode with a lot of good horsemen. But I was introduced to another good horseman at the El Capitan Ranch in Goleta, uh California when, oh, I was probably 12 years old. His name was Chick Sheridan, and he trained a lot of Arabians. That was my first exposure, and that was the first time I saw Arabian shows, and I saw some of the glory days of the Santa Barbara uh, Arabian shows. I would uh, help Chick at those shows. And, and, uh, and then I went on and I went to college and I graduated from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and I started my own training stable and, and I had a, a good barn of, uh, primarily quarter horses, rainers, cow horses, pleasure horses, trail horses. We did an event a lot called Western riding. Um, and then I got a customer that had some nice horses with me and she, she built a farm and I moved there. And she had seen, uh, I don't know if it was in a magazine or some promotional video, uh, something about Arabians. And she she said, I'd really like to see one of those horse shows. And this was 1990. I said, well, you know that my, before that, my wife and I always had an Arabian for ourselves. We liked to have a horse that we could show and not take clients to at the time. So we, her and I had an Arabian and then all the other horses in the barn were quarter horses. Yep. Well, I, I told this lady, well, I'm judging this uh, Arabian show in Scottsdale. This is 1990. Go watch it and see what you think of it. And she did. And she came home and said, tell my quarter horses, I, I want to show Arabians. <laughs> and uh, you know what? It was full steam ahead ever since then. And Michael Damiano's performance horses, which still loves to show and train quarter horses, became primarily an Arabian horse barn and is to this day. Well, and you've had quite a successful career in a number of disciplines, but in trail in, in specific, you've been very well decorated. How many national champions have you trained over the years? Do you Do you know the number? 
well, I know that uh, between the amateur and the open, um, I have. Let's see. I I have. Uh, I have trained over fifty national champion and reserve national champions, and okay. I have personally ridden the purebred national champion trail horse eleven times. Wow. Well, you're quite an expert in this category. If people want to reach out to you to learn more about trail, how do they reach you? They can they can find me at www.michaeldamianos.com, or they can find me on Facebook or Instagram at okay. Michael Damianos. Yeah. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time today, and thank you so much. And if we want to do a follow-up on trail, we'll definitely be in touch and chat with you again. Paul, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much.